Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, how is it possible we put a man on the moon before we figured out it would be a good idea to put wheels on luggage? Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce tonight's guests. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather sat in the bath this week and wondered why, no matter what colour bubble bath she uses, the bubbles are always white. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim crossed a cocker spaniel, a poodle and a ghost and created a cocker poodle boo. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. A rare creature indeed. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, despite the fact that she's been putting animal body parts together. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He's also a producer and sound mixer. Greg found himself in the middle of nowhere this week. He was standing next to the letter H. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> I admit, have I mentioned this before? Yeah. We are on series two, 
episode 68. 68 is a wondrous and amazing number. In the restaurant industry, 68 is used as code, meaning to put back on the menu. Did anyone know that? Has anyone heard that before? Nope. No. Code 68. Put it back on the menu. Nope. And the reverse of that is true. 86, apparently, is take it off the menu. Now, I heard so that before. You've heard that? Yes. So that all works out in your little walnut. You've managed to work all that Only out. Only half of it. A waiter friend of mine said whenever he's serving an uptight vegan, he always walks on eggshells, which really upsets them, apparently. <laughs> In AD 68, Nero, the Roman emperor, committed suicide. A Roman walked into a bar and held up two fingers and said, I'll have five beers, please. Okay, no one studied Roman numerals at school. Moving swiftly on. There's another one coming along. I don't mind if you don't get one. There's another one coming. 68 is the atomic number of erbium, a silver white solid metal discovered in Sweden in 1843. I once asked a Swede if he had lived in Stockholm all his life, and he replied, not yet. I think that says a lot about Swedes. Now, every week, I love reading out your messages. I love reading out your posts. Anyone who writes on Facebook, I will read out your messages, if they're nice, of course. Although in the past, I've read out some bad ones as well, but that's my mother for you. Kevin in Minnesota posted another great show. I loved the flashbacks. He's talking about our last show. We did 100 episodes last week and we talked about all of our best parts over the last two and three years he said i love the flashbacks and heather's great impression of other accents he goes on to say i think he's smoking weed or some such things he goes on to say did she go to school for that yes she did but it wasn't open martin (laughs) martin in new york said i love the 100th episode can i send you a case of mountain dew yes no (laughs) i want to get through to the end of this we've got 55 minutes still to go we'll never make it i tell you cf elliott in canada has posted or is this canada you see where we are has posted you actually pronounce the word canada properly on episode 61 it is a native word that means village kudos to you and extra points ding 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 indeed sir i shall take that i am now on plus two see how this game works there we are thank you cf elliot for that you can contact me anytime during the week on our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee all of tonight's stories will be there for you in glorious technicolor all the videos all the photographs and much much more that we can't read out because we only have an hour with you unfortunately you can contact me on twitter we have a twitter account with eighty-five thousand followers it's adrian underscore lee underscore tips that's tips for the international paranormal society we also have archives we are archived on itunes on stitcher on many many platforms on soundcloud if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio you will find all of our shows all 100 of them over the last three years and you can listen to those in the car whilst you're walking the dog in the gym or doing the housework anywhere you wish you can hear my dulcet tones we are also on youtube we have some very funny outtakes if you wish to go to youtube again more questions and answers with adrian lee but i've also read some chapters of my latest books if you're looking for an audio book and you want to listen to some fascinating chapters and me reading them out you can do that i've read out some chapters on meditation healing 
and stones and crystals from the book how to be a christian psychic what the bible says about mediums healers and paranormal investigators now today is the first of july and as tradition on the show we have a little quiz i know how much you love doing these little quizzes at the beginning of our show love them everyone's looking at me blankly the month of july was named after julius caesar on this day in 1867 the dominion of canada was established and today is canada day so happy celebrations to all of our friends and listeners in canada of course monday sees july the 4th and independence day a day i stay indoors and don't go outside not a year goes by in this country where at least not three or four people come up to me and ask me if we celebrate independence day in britain greg almost sets me up now he introduces me to complete strangers on the 4th of july and almost goads them into saying it and my response has always been yes we always celebrate the battles we get our asses kicked in we lost 23,000 <laughs> troops in that. That would be like the Germans celebrating VE Day, the Japanese celebrating Hiroshima. Ridiculous things, but that does get asked of me on a daily basis. So we are now going to do a quick quiz called How Well Do You Know Your Independence Day? We need some music there, don't we? That was with a kazoo. I played that once at my sister's <laughs> wedding. I was the band for my sister's wedding, and my lips were red raw. That Poor particular. Girl. Yeah, I had red raw lips. I couldn't kiss for a week. How many American towns in the U.S. have independence in their name? Miss Morris, what are 54. we going to Fifty-four. Fifty-four towns or cities in America called Independence, or have yes. that in their name. Okay, Kim, what are we looking at there? I'm going to double that. Fifty or uh, 108. 108. Greg. Sixty-nine. 69. Miss Morris, you have won. It's only 11. 11. <laughs> the biggest independence is in Missouri. It's the biggest with 116,000 residents. Now, most Americans on the 4th of July, of course, are going to be grilling out. They're going to be having a barbecue. Mm. Guess what percentage of meat that you place on your grill on the 4th of July next week is going to be coming from Texas? How much of your sausage, your burger, how much of steaks, any meat, what percentage will eventually or will be coming from texas what do you think there miss morris 25 you're gonna go with 25 percent yes oh i think it's less than that seven seven for kim 30 30 kim is closest it is in fact 16 percent one in six burgers on your grill on the fourth of july barbecuing in your backyard is from texas guess how many millions is made by imported fireworks from china i find this remarkable so this figure is how much you're giving the chinese economy on your independence day and i find this remarkable so we're talking millions so how many dollars how many millions worth of fireworks are imported from china for july the 4th what do you think miss morris 150 150 million 4.1 4.1 250 million 250 miss morris is close it says 190 million dollars is given to china in imported fireworks for your independence day hmm. that's very ironic in many respects isn't it if you're interested 3.2 million is given to china for making american flags <laughs> i also discovered that you export more american flags to mexico than any other country so Mexico actually buys the most American flags outside of the United States. Miss Morris, you're on fire. You're Yay! Having a fabulous round. There's a lot of cheating going on here, isn't there? You're looking at my notes. 
Maybe. Maybe. Non-committal. Okay, how many people, <laughs> let's have a bit of history. How many people signed the Declaration of Independence on July the 4th? 32. 32 people signed the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Where was you at school? You didn't go to school, did you? No. You were around the back of the bike sheds eating Burger King and, oh, Dairy Queen, that was it. <laughs> you had a Dairy Queen around the back of the bike sheds. And I called a, in sick that day. Called in sick Greg on that day. Greg was behind the woodshed. There you go. Did anyone go to school? Put your hand up. <laughs> Kim, what are we going with? How many people signed the Declaration of Independence actually on July the 4th? I don't remember. I'm going to say eight. Greg. On the 4th? I don't think they had signed it on the 4th. So. That's very Zero. interesting. Greg is actually the closest. It was, in fact, two. But he's going down the right path there. Only two people actually signed that actually on July the 4th. I got the two right. How did you get the two right? Didn't what? I say 32? Oh, I see where we are. <laughs> this is on some unknown rules I hadn't previously been aware of. I see you was away for the day they did math as well. While we're on the subject, in Britain we call it maths. You call it math over here. Yeah. Yet it's short for mathematics. How does yeah. that work? Anyone want to jump in and gain some points? The mystery S? No, dead <laughs> silence. No one's got anything to say. When did the 4th of July become a legal federal holiday in America? Miss Morris. When was it said? This is a legal holiday. People can have the day off. 1936. 1936. 1962. 1962. 1776. Miss Morris, you're closest again, even though you're a million miles away. It was 1870 that was declared a federal holiday. But in 1938, Congress reaffirmed the holiday to make sure workers still got their full pay. This is drawing to a conclusion you will be pleased to know. That's good. How many people lived in the U.S.? When the declaration was signed, what was your population, do you think? I was really surprised by this. 280,000. 280,000 people. Okay. <laughs> You're just picking random feet. You've got no clue, have no you? Clue. I've never seen anyone look more glycy eyed. This is where we need a webcam. Many people have written to me and said, why don't you put a webcam in the studio so we can see all your faces? No. You would see this blank look, expressionless. That's, That's right. A, a poker face you've got there. Yes. Don't look down, you're holding aces. Kim, what are we going with? I have no clue either. 500,000. Okay. 50,000. Kim's closest. She shall get the points. 2.5 million people lived in America when that declaration was signed. Very interesting how populations suddenly expand. In Britain, in 1066, William the Conqueror, William I, came over from Normandy. He landed on the beaches of Hastings on the south coast. He defeated Harold, the Saxon king, in 1066. And the first thing he decided to do was to do a stock take. And he decided to stock take the entire country. So he sent all his commanders, all his generals out into the British countryside to see what he'd actually conquered. And they counted every chicken, every goat, every farmhouse. It's called the Doomsday Book. It's in Kew Gardens in, in West London. It's a massive document. There was only, I believe, 1.5 million people living in Great Britain in 1086. It makes you wonder what the population's going to be in a thousand years from now. It's going to be unbelievable. We're not, it's the, the tallest people with the biggest noses are going to survive because they're the only ones that are going to get any air. Only Greg's going to manage. Everyone, Nathan beside me here is going to, not going to survive. He's going to suffocate. <laughs> We're going to have a nation. Everyone's crammed together like sardines. The tallest people with the biggest noses survive. 
have a look around your room now and see who's going to survive that finally did you know a country gained its own independence from america on the 4th of july in 1946 does anyone want to jump in i'm not going to go around the table but a country gained its own independence from america on the 4th of july in 1946 and if anyone wants to jump in there's points to be had that's not a bad guess actually no i have no idea no one want to jump in it's the philippines i just thought that was a very interesting and random fact but there you go the facts of the 4th of july and it turns out the people around my table um know very little about that we have a show it is more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world do you know why it's the best show because it's the only one there is no other (laughs) we are the only weekly paranormal news quiz show so we're going to jump into the round that is ghosts and hauntings a man dropped dead whilst watching the terrifying new horror movie the conjuring 2 at an indian cinema and now his body has vanished the 65 year old has that's you're laughing but the poor family are looking for his body now it was just just that bad just disappeared the film was that bad he just vaporized himself he was willing himself just to disappear see i have sat through films where i'm clutching a rusty nail into the palm of my hand just to say conscious was that Human Centipede? Yeah, Highlander 2 was a winner too. <laughs> oh, Gremlins 2's up there if anyone wants to see that. There's a whole bunch of films I could list off as called the Rusty Nail films. It is said that he was watching the Hollywood blockbuster with a friend at Sri Balasubramana Cinema in South India. I'm not saying that again. <laughs> the 65-year-old who has not been named apparently complained of chest pains during one of the film's scariest scenes before suddenly fainting. But the man's body allegedly disappeared after officials at the old government hospital asked a friend to transport the corpse to another facility for a post-mortem. Both the body and the friend have mysteriously vanished and police are now investigating. The friend was apparently seen rushing the corpse to a spiritual ashram on the back of a rickshaw before disappearing. That sounds legit. (laughs) That sounds like an Adam Sandler film. Someone's died in a cinema. He's got him on the back of a rickshaw. He's going through the traffic in India. The police are after him. It's weekend at Bernie's all over again. It is. The bizarre incident comes just weeks after a couple who saw the film claimed a cross appeared in their hotel room after they went to the screening in Malaysia. Damien Leong revealed that his girlfriend spotted the cross while brushing her teeth at 2.45am before going to bed and thought it was a prank. He wrote on Facebook it was freshly drawn as I could see water creeping down one side of the cross and the stain was still fresh. I then then asked her how it could be me when she was the one standing in front of the mirror all the time the couple immediately fled the room and asked for a new one but when they returned the next day to collect their luggage the cross had mysteriously disappeared probably because the bathroom was no longer steamy that is true. i have mm-hmm. spent many many investigations i've investigated the palmer house hotel in salt center minnesota probably more times than any other property anywhere in the world i spent two or three years did 150 investigations it has many many rooms it was built in 1901 i swear that people because they knew it was haunted would write things on the mirror and then when they had a shower or someone then went into the room after them and had a shower and the steam started to rise mysterious things would then appear on the mirror do you see how that works mm-hmm. i've done investigations where i've suddenly gone into a room and it suddenly says help me someone's written help me or now you die 
and I'm sure someone's drawn a cross and they've gone in there because they don't polish the mirror, do they? Every time the person goes in to clean the maid. So you can draw something on the mirror. No one can see it. You then have a shower two or three weeks later, the steam rises and you can see the message in the mirror. So if anyone's staying at a haunted hotel, let's have some fun with that would be my advice. I shall give myself two points. I am now on four. Miss Morris, what have you got for me first tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Proof of ghosts, maybe. Proof of ghosts. Maybe. Maybe. I've invented a time machine. Maybe. (laughs) A man catches a spirit on camera in his home at the same time every morning. Every morning. Yes. Just, Just as his grandmother's having a cigarette. Oh, oh no. no, I've ruined it. It's you all have. bunk. On to Kim. Creepy CCTV <laughs> footage has emerged of a mysterious and large orb arriving in a man's apartment at the same time each morning. The resident has recorded the same shape each day. <laughs> Robert P. from Colorado. Robert, Robert P. Robert P. What's P? It's just P. Like the little green thing. Yeah, no, just no, P. Just P. Yeah, the letter P. Oh, it's just P. P. It'll come out. It's just P. <laughs> oh, what no. would be the worst thing to be if you were married to him? What would be then the worst name to have if your last name was P? Eunice. Eunice P. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I apologise to you. if there's a Eunice P listening to this show at the moment, or you know a Eunice P, do get her to write in. We'll have her on the show. I'll give her five points straight off the bat. Eunice P. P. What about Mustafa? <laughs> what if we're going back to india we could have gapta get up to p i do that about two o'clock every morning gotta gotta which which country is that from india oh india is it yeah. yeah yeah when i was in india i met lots of people called gotta gotta p i get that yes i put two and two together <laughs> and they equal five well in your maths class they did i don't know about anyone else's um he is from colorado of course he is he posted a short clip of the strange orb to youtube under the heading floating orb caught on nest cam i thought that was going to say rectum cool. uh, i'm sorry the- which <laughs> <laughs> rectum caught on nest cam <laughs> what do you do when you say a nest cam is that like you'd put in a birdhouse? No, I don't know. So I you, didn't see it. You have a little camera put in a bird box, <laughs> so you see the birds fly in, and you can watch it on your laptop. How's a rectum? Why don't what, know, you, you got eyes went cross? Can you ma- you walk, you're going to have to get a ladder. You're going to unzip your trousers. There's only a small hole. All you're going to see is the star. It's going to be like the flag of Texas in the back. Have you seen the toilet paper holders that are made out of old po- uh, Polaroid cameras? No. What? Yeah, I've got some old Polaroid cameras. Yes, they Great. have Polaroid cameras that are repurposed into toilet paper roll holders. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to have to see what develops. Uh, he wrote, I've caught this about five times floating in my basement. He's got a floater in his basement. Yeah, he's got the worst rising damp I've ever seen. It only happens early in the morning. Of course it does, yeah. (laughs) After he's had his morning constitutionals and had a good clear out. Does anyone know what this is? It's a large orb appearing to travel around the room. Why is he playing with it? I don't understand how he's called that on a nest cam. 
He caught it on an S cam. I'm, I'm still trying saying. to work out how you managed to crowbar the word rectum into a completely I, innocent story. My eyes crossed. I told you. Okay, I should <laughs> give you points. Wow. I'm thinking not an orb, probably a cloud. <laughs> yeah, I did see it. It did look. It was orb like. Okay. And it. And I thought my, the first thing was somebody going to work, right? And the car's mm-hmm. driving by, mm-hmm. and it's coming through the window. And I thought it would do a normal line of travel, but it actually floats around. The same. I don't know whether to give you points or an exorcism. I'm caught between the two. Perhaps we can manage both. <laughs> Have three points and I'll get Nathan to go and get some holy water and a Bible. A British writer has shared a horrific exorcism ritual she was exposed to as a teenager after she was accused of being possessed by a local church pastor. Nuzo Ono, originally from Nigeria, was just 13 years old when she was taken to a river close to her home in the middle of the night. The horror writer is campaigning for greater awareness of child abuse within African communities after she was smeared with a purifying potion made of coconut oil and raw eggs before having her head held under the water in a bid to expel a so-called water demon. This would be the worst thing you what, could coconut oil? ever do to me. I cannot abide coconut. Just the smell of it makes me sick. If someone has coconut lotion, coconut shampoo... I feel physically nauseous. I feel sick to the pit of my stomach. There was a time I was flying over to this country from Heathrow Airport, and it's a nine-hour flight, and, of course, I'm on my own, and a lady came and sat next to me, and the first thing she did for a nine-hour flight was undo a bottle of lotion of coconut oil and proceeded to lather herself up for the entire length of the flight. I've never been so sick in all my life. I think I got killed by a coconut in a previous life. I think I was walking along the beach, minding my own business. My feet are in the sand. I'm looking at the birds twittering in the sky. The fish are jumping out of the sea and a coconut lands on my head. That would be the worst thing you could do to me. If you ever brought a coconut in here, you're done. We're through. Coconut. (laughs) I'll see what I can arrange. Zero points is where we are. (laughs) After the terrifying ritual was complete, Nuzo was told by a pastor to run back home in the dark or be seized by the deadly river snake. There's a lot of that in the Christian church, isn't there? (laughs) Now 53, Nuzo says the shocking experience, which she claims was done with the full permission of her mother and pastor, still haunts her, but that she considers herself to be one of the lucky ones. According to the writer, a close childhood friend lost his life through a similar ritual after being literally flogged to death at the age of 17. She is now campaigning for an end to ritual exorcisms as well as other forms of child abuse as she fears they are still taking place within African communities both in the UK and abroad. Speaking from her home in Coventry, Nuzo said, Like most teens, I was going through a rebellious streak. Heather's still going through her rebellious streak. What? But this was viewed by the church pastor as a clear sign that I was possessed by a river goddess and needed to be exorcised. The ritual took place at midnight and was one of the most terrifying things I have experienced in my life. I was taken by a group of strange men to a river to have the water goddess removed from my body. I'm wondering why the water goddess would want to do anything bad to teenagers from the local town. Surely all things nature-related are going to be good. How could you possibly upset the goddess of water? Seems a very strange thing to me. I didn't know what was happening. It was pitch black and I was terrified of the unknown. It's a miracle I wasn't killed. 
At least I survived. One of my friends wasn't so lucky, being whipped to death in a misguided effort to expel the demon that had taken control of him. He was just 17. It's hard to believe, but these barbaric practices, as well as other forms of child abuse, are still taking place today within African communities, both here in England and most parts of Africa. Here in the UK, the practice occurs behind closed doors, and victims are usually too scared or ashamed to speak out. That is, if they survive the ordeal and have not been completely brainwashed. They are taboos that need to be discussed openly if they're ever to be broken. It's not acceptable for children to suffer because of outdated superstitions, even if parents and guardians think they're doing the right thing. Alarmingly, cases of child abuse linked to exorcism and witchcraft accusations are on the rise in the UK, with 60 crimes connected to faith recorded by London's Metropolitan Police in the year 2015 alone. If you wish to see that story and read more about that case and the horror writer, you're welcome to do so if you visit our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Do spooky photographs of a wispy vapor taken three years apart at Ordzal Hall finally prove the historic manor house is haunted? Staff at the Salford Hall have been left puzzled by the eerie images, which were captured on different cameras. Both taken in the Star Chamber, which is reputed to be the hall's most haunted room, they show a white shape hovering near a four-poster bed. The first image was captured by a CCTV camera, and the second was snapped by a visitor on a digital SLR camera. Anthony Lane, a qualified master photographer, works for service organization Urban Vision, and was carrying out a survey ahead of an energy certificate being issued to the hall. He was taking general shots of its rooms and didn't see the ghostly apparition at the time. It appeared when the photographs were taken were processed. Anthony said there was no reflection. You would see everything through a lens before you took a picture. It is very strange, and my view is that it is one of the three ghosts of the hall. So, the three ghosts of the hall. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The Star Chamber is the hall's oldest wing, and the four-poster was the wedding bed of Sir John Radcliffe and his wife, Lady Anne Ashaw. His family built the Grade 1 listed manor in 1177, and the bed is the only piece of original furniture on display. Sir John's ghost is widely reputed to haunt the room. According to local legend, a white lady, said to be that of Lady Margaret Radcliffe, also haunts the chamber. She is said to have died brokenhearted by jumping off a balcony in 1599, after a relative's death. When was the bed made? 1170? The manor was 1177. Okay. It's very interesting. You spend a third of your life in bed. Beds are very interesting things in terms of paranormal activity and hauntings. You know, most people are conceived in a bed. You're born in a bed. You spend a third of your life in bed. And then in you, those years, you probably died in that and bed. And then you died in bed. So if a bed is almost a 1,000 years old, wouldn't you think there'd be a huge amount of residual energy just on that bed alone? I don't know if any of you remember, but when I do paranormal investigations and you're in my team, I tend to put the K2 meter on the bed. If you remember Fairlawn and we investigated mm-hmm. in Fairlawn, we put the K2 meter on the bed. There is a good reason for that. Carpets are another one. You spend your entire life walking over carpets. We're constantly in contact with the carpet. We're not constantly in contact with every other piece of furniture, but gravity dictates that that carpet is constantly being walked on. You can't avoid it, can you? 
unless you're walking around did you play that game as a kid where you and your brothers and sisters tried to get around the house without (laughs) touching the floor yes because it's lava that's right yes we're like little monkeys climbing around magma my mother going get off the furniture as my sister's working away across the top of the bookshelf carpets i think are very haunted do you remember locally in town there's a theater in town the Wyndham theater it's the oldest theater still showing films in the whole of minnesota i think my memory serves me right 1912 1913 they pulled the carpet up to do renovations and that carpet has been constantly in that theater since the 50s and it's got chewing gum on it and popcorns and probably body fluids we don't want to discuss live on air the moment they pull that carpet up they've got a massive paranormal activity well that makes perfect sense doesn't it i'm liking this keep going kim this is Mm -hmm. looking good the third one uh for ghosts points to the ghost of a young girl called cecily who appears when the smell of roses fills the air but the pictures are a new phenomenon the first image was taken in november 2013 with anthony's captured this year The ghostly white shape, which appears to resemble a wispy letter I, hovers over a bedside table, then floats beside the giant bed. Posts on social media have ruled out light refraction, which commenters claim the images show a strand, a spirit's energy, as it begins to manifest. I like the way you could be haunted by a letter. It was like an I. Sesame Street. It is. You were haunted today by the letter B. Let it be. Let it be. See where we are. You could be haunted by letters. If you was dyslexic, I'm dyslexic. I don't know if you knew that. When I was a student and we were taking hard drugs, there was a guy injecting a heron. (laughs) I went to an acid house party and took an F. I've got all day. I can keep going. It's not a problem. (laughs) Dan Stribling from Salford Community Leisure, which operate the hall, said the snaps appear to prove that things do go bump in the night. He said the CCTV footage was examined and the ghost-like shape isn't visible in following frames. Dan said these shapes are something new. The fact that we've got photographic evidence of the same shape three years apart is very exciting. We're encouraging all our visitors to keep their eyes peeled to see if they can spot it again. That's very interesting. Wow, there are indeed more questions than answers. When I lived in India and I caught amoebic dysentery, I was haunted by the number two. (laughs) That brings to the end of the round. Ghosts and hauntings. Greg is yet to score. I'm on six. Kim's on four. And Heather has managed to score five with a vast and extensive knowledge of Independence Day. We move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. Police have revealed details of a 999 call made in Cleveland by people who believe they have spotted a flying saucer. Some of the calls, however, go a little further, with some of the area's residents claiming they've been abducted by a UFO. One man from Teesside went missing in December, probably around Christmas time. I probably went out for a few drinks, didn't want to go home, hadn't bought the wife anything, the gas station was closed. He went missing for a number of days. However, he turned up shortly after and explained to officers that he'd been on a UFO to Durham. Of all the places to take someone, if you go on a UFO, don't say I want to go to Durham. Say Florence, Barcelona, Vienna, Venice. Durham would not be high on my list to say to aliens, where do you want to go? You can go anywhere you want. Think of somewhere you want to go. We'll take you there. I know I'll go to Durham. A northeast mining community. <laughs> what happened? He could have spent a night in Paris. He ended up in Durham. And he wasn't the only Teesider to have a close encounter in 2015. One Stockton skygazer watched in astonishment as a UFO pulsated in an irregular manner like a heartbeat. It then darted from left to right before shooting off after two minutes. 
One couple watched six silver saucers in the Lakenby sky. They contacted the RAF, who weren't interested. You can imagine, can't you, at an RAF base, and some woman's rung up and said, there's six flying saucers outside. Yeah, okay, madam. So they contacted Cleveland police, who told them it may just be lanterns. A Middlesbrough woman called police an hour after spotting UFO hovering perfectly last September. And a Hartlepool woman denied being involved in an incident as she had been out on a spaceship. So the police are interviewing her. (laughs) They want to know where she was. There's been a huge number of hard drugs being stolen and pharmaceuticals being fenced. They ask her where she was on the night of the robbery. It's okay, officers. I was taken by a UFO. Very difficult to interview anyone on that, isn't it? And in February, YouTube user Andrew Teasdale posted a video of what he believed could have been a UFO hovering above Thornaby. And one of Britain's leading UFO experts claims he may know the reason why. I found out not so long ago that there's an underwater base in the North Sea, claimed alien hunter Russ Kellett. That is why we see them. They are just coming in and out of the sea. He claims he even has footage showing UFOs leaving the waters. North Yorkshire ufologist has appeared on TV talking about his findings, and he claims in the decades searching the sky, this area has proved a hotbed of intergalactic activity. They think similar things in Minnesota. Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes. There's actually 15,000 lakes in Minnesota. I've done research, but you were just too lazy to name 5,000 of them because they were too small. But they claim in Minnesota that UFOs hide themselves in lakes. They also claim that about the Catalina Islands off of uh, California. There's a lot of research done on this. This is called a USO, of course, which is an unidentified submergible object. I wonder if they'll get into trouble for spreading zebra mussels. I like the idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that the local police turn up. A UFO's come out of the water, come out of one lake, gone into another one. There's a ticket. They're being arrested. Zebra mussels. Spreading them from lake to lake. This is how it's happening. This is how they're getting about. Every person I know who owns a boat is very careful about draining their boat, cleaning their boat. So how are these zebra mussels going from lake to lake? What if the UFOs, who don't care about such things, this is minuscule things to them, are going from one lake to another and spreading all this about? I think it's worth considering. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I have got a squirrel. Of course you have. Yeah. Not a week goes by. Not I a want week. a membership to the Squirrel Fanciers Club. There you go. It's actually a dentist. A dentist. Mm-hmm. A squirrel that does dentistry. They're teaching right. these little buggers everything, aren't no. they? They're taking our jobs, our women, our nuts. It's not a licensed dentist. Of course it's not. <laughs> How's he got qualifications? He's not sat there at the front, is he, at the University of London studying dentistry? <laughs> a Montreal dad enlisted the help of a wild squirrel for a bit of amateur dentistry. Removing hang his on, Hang on, hang on a second. Anything that involves the word amateur dentistry is going to end up with lots of blood and pain and is going to end up on YouTube. Guts. There's going to be some sort of TV show out there that does an entire hour dedicated. You've seen the shows where someone's got a home movie camera or they're filming it on their cell phone and granddad's got a bit of thread wrapped around his tooth and the other end is tied to a quad bike. We've all seen them. Yes. Yes. But this is a squirrel. It's a squirrel. And he's removing his daughter's loose tooth. So the squirrel's got a daughter. No, the squirrel hasn't got a daughter. You're a boob. (laughs) The video filmed in a Montreal park depicts David 
fray height, and his daughter affixing some dental floss to the girl's loose tooth. The girl remains on the bench while his daughter and him back away on film. A squirrel shows interest in a granola bar tied to the other end of the floss and pulls as hard as he can, just enough to remove the tooth. Not many people get to say they did something for the first time in human history. I can see a squirrel leaning over you with a little mask on. You're in the dentist, you're sat in the chair, the light's on, the dentist leans over. It's a squirrel. Going anywhere nice on your holidays this year? (laughs) Terrible. He said, today my kid and I got to say just that. That a squirrel removed. For the first time in human history. Her tooth. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? It's going to remove her. A squirrel dentist. (laughs) Top that, Mr. Lee. I can't. It's impossible. (laughs) I shall give you the hefty figure of one point. You are now on six. (laughs) I see how that works. They're going to remove her appendix next week. UFO. Hang on a second. This is the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. Yes. Odd, strange animals. Squirrel dentistry. Yeah. What are you crowbarring? Yeah. They're from another planet, are they? They're extraterrestrial, are they? They don't have to be extraterrestrial. They just have to be something you've never seen before. You ever seen a squirrel dentist before? I've seen a dentist and I've seen a squirrel, but I've never seen the two put together. There you go. Thank you. There will be letters. (laughs) You were doing so well on the scores. You reached six. Why you got to ruin it? (laughs) UFO mystery solved. Weird ball lightning phenomena could explain origin of ghostly lights in the sky. Ball lightning appears as mysterious, floating, luminous spheres, often during lightning storms. Now a Chinese scientist has come up with a new theory that could solve the riddle how ball lightning actually forms and why it has some strange ghostly properties like the ability to float through walls. Rather than being related to alien UFOs, they claim the ball lightning is formed when lightning strikes, generating a plasma bubble. The researcher, Dr. Wu, writes that as lightning bolts reach the ground, it accelerates electrons close to the speed of light, causing them to release intense microwave radiation. This radiation charges the air, causing a spherical plasma bubble to form, trapping the radiation. There is at least 5,000 recorded probable sightings of ball lightning. Witness reports say that they see the strange luminous balls suddenly appearing, often during storms. Or is it a bunch of drunken students running around naked with a can of luminous paint? The balls of light sometimes radiate sparks and can move erratically. They also often report to emit strange, unpleasant odours. Nope, that's still students. The balls can be pea-sized or even metres in diameter and can dissipate gradually or even explode loudly, sometimes causing damage. It goes from bad to worse, doesn't it, if you have pea-shaped balls that then explode. You know your day's going particularly badly. More weirdly because nothing's been weird so far, some accounts describe the balls passing through wood, glass and metal, as if they weren't even there. Wu states that the new theory could explain ball lightning's ability to pass through metal, and that ball lightning can be formed even inside of aircraft. When lightning strikes a plane, the electrons are moving so fast that they are able to pass through the skin of the aircraft and generate a plasma bubble inside. I'm sure many flight attendants over the years have experienced plasma bubbles. The theory accounts for many balls of lightning's weird properties, including its sound, motion and destructive properties. Wu can even explain why ball lightning has its characteristic smell. This is due to the radiation that produces certain ionised chemicals with acrid smells. Benjamin Franklin 
back in the day, famous American scientist, when he was doing his experiments with lightning, he wrote to the Royal Society in London with his findings, and he said that there were very acrid, sulfurous smells around lightning strikes. So this is something that's been spoken about for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they say that sometimes when you get a ghostly apparition or you get a spirit appear, you do get those smells as well because there's been large amounts of electrical magnetic activity that's doing exactly the same the same thing as we're discussing here. And there's been an investigation. I don't know if you remember. I did an investigation at the B&B, the old jailhouse bed and breakfast in Taylor's Falls, just on the corner there of Wisconsin and Minnesota. And some of the smells coming through in that building were horrendous. I almost thought the sewage pipes were blocked. What did you have to eat the night before? Well, I had a Mexican, which didn't help. (laughs) I'm sure it had nothing to do with it. Hang on, your grandmother's coming (laughs) through. Um, Yes, never have an Indian or a curry or any type of uh, spicy food before an investigation is my advice. Page one of uh, 101 Ghost Hunting right there. (laughs) But the old jailhouse bed and breakfast, if you can read about that, actually, in my book, Mysterious Minnesota, Digging Up the Ghostly Past at 13 Haunted Sites, I discuss the concept of smells and I discuss Benjamin Franklin's experiments and everything to do with ionized air, if people are interested. He just reminded me of that. We have a very similar story here, but I'm now dealing with the Loch Ness Monster. Jim Wininsky claims to have made the first sighting of the Loch Ness Monster over the web in more than a decade by monitoring the Loch's webcam from his home in Iowa. Isn't it remarkable? Modern technology, you could be sat on your own in Iowa, and I'm sure most people in Iowa are sat on their own, <laughs> looking at the Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> searching, searching the Loch for the sign of Nessie. He claims he saw a neck-like object appear up to 10 feet out of the water, and the official Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register has logged his claim as a credible sighting, the third so far in 2016. Mr. Winitsky was watching the Nessie on the Net webcam during his lunchtime on Tuesday when the neck popped up. The sighting lasted between 10 and 12 seconds and there was no bow activity at the time. I'm into the paranormal so at lunchtime every day I have a series of sites I like to check out. One being the Loch Ness Cam, said Mr Wininsky. I was eating my lunch and watching when suddenly the frame showed up with Nessie. I wasn't even familiar with how to take screen capture but I just hit control and screen print and I was able to get the picture. Then I went back and took a picture of the normal view for comparison. Whatever that is at the distance out from the shore, I'd say it has to be 8 to 10 feet out of the water. The Nessie webcam is situated above Urquhart Bay, one of the famed favourite haunts of the monster, and looks east over the lock. The webcam is run by Miko Takala, who said, I'm delighted that a good image of Nessie has been seen again on our cameras. We get thousands of people around the world visiting our site every week, and many of them submit sightings. If you wish to see the Loch Ness Monster sighted all the way in Iowa via the webcam, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee, and everything is there for you. It's very interesting we started the show talking about exorcisms and demons, because I'm on six points, Kim's on six points, and Heather is also on six points. So everything is to play for as we go into the last round, which is the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that don't fit easily into any other category, but are too good not to read out live on air. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of strange and bizarre? I have a meddling Beverly Hills dad 
who puts out a full-page ad to find a 48-year-old son a wife. Okay. Was his name Jed? <laughs> Why, do you know somebody? I like the way meddling, as if, like, it's Scooby-Doo. That meddling? I'd have got away with it and been for you meddling kids. Assault Lake Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. If he's 46 and he hasn't got himself a wife or girlfriend, I wouldn't consider he's that... 48. Fair enough, 48. Aren't you Even 46? Even worse. Steady, old madam. <laughs> I'm just saying... I would suggest that his dad's actually doing him a good deed at this point. Well, that's why I thought maybe Jed is in the Clampets. <laughs> I have no idea. You're going into American culture now. I have no idea what that is. Okay. I need to do more research. A Salt Lake City businessman said he was shocked to see a full-page advertisement in an Idaho newspaper inviting women to interview to be his wife. I bet it was fun for him at work that week. <laughs> Baron Brooks. Baron, that's a good start. Yes. He must own some land somewhere in medieval. Evil Britain. <laughs> 48 told the Smokesman Review that his father, a Beverly Hills resident, took out a $900 ad last Saturday in the Cor de Aline Press. Although he called the advertisement embarrassing, Brooks said he will let his 78-year-old father go forward with the interviews. So his dad's actually going to interview all the women for his son. To be fair, he's had quite a long time to organize it himself. I want to know. I've got this image now. I think I probably know why he's 48 and hasn't got a girlfriend. I suspect he's spending his lunch hours watching Nessie Cam. I'm, that could be it. What am I supposed to do? He already did it, said Brooks about his father. And he's actually the owner of two health food stores. So all you interested ladies start applying. If you want some free St. John's Walt, that's the place to go. You can have as much St. John's Walt as you can eat. As much as you want. Take whatever you want, sweetheart. The whole works. <laughs> His father, Arthur Brooks of Beverly Hills, said Monday that he was not going to answer any questions until after he interviews potential mates for his son on Saturday. Do we know what he looks like? Have you seen a picture? I did not see a picture. I should probably look it up, though. Wow! (laughs) And trust me, you need some health foods. Ah! Oh, I I can't believe you just said that. Dead arm. Am I supposed to write? The ad list criteria, such as a shorter height and conservative political views. Oh, well, that's not me. Brooks says his father recently vacationed in Cor d'Alene and may have placed the ad because of the area's conservative politics. He said his father has been ill and wants a grandson to carry on the family name. You better so get a get wiggle going. on. Yeah, at 48, he needs to get a wiggle on. <laughs> I know, he right? to blow the dust off that. <laughs> That's all he'll be blowing. Brooks wow. Compared his it's a bit early to... in the show for that, madam. <laughs> Brooks compared his father to Larry David's character in the TV series Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've never even heard of it. Anyone? Yes, no. I've seen that. Yes. Have you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he thinks he's doing the right thing, and then it all blows up in his face. He's he, doing it the wrong way then, isn't he? <laughs> he said he'd never buy an ad like this for himself, but it's worth a shot, and it certainly can't hurt. <laughs> the problem Thanks, lies Dad. in the fact that then what happens <laughs> if no one applies? I mean, you're going to feel the worst you've ever felt in your life if no one then applies. Thanks, Dad. We spent a vast sum of money. We got a double-page spread in the local paper. Zilch. Nada. Nothing. <laughs> Just a squirrel and a transvestite one at that. It put some lipstick on, was wearing a dress, was chancing its arm. Not a sausage. Speaking of that, Bugs Bunny was pretty sexy. Yes, I did fancy Bugs Bunny when he dressed up as a woman. 
Do you remember the shower scene when he's back scrubbing his back and he's got his ears? No, okay, just me. A rapper from Goldie Looking Chain claims to have photographed proof that fairies exist during a countryside stroll. That's what you expect from a rapper, isn't it? Taking fairy pictures on a countryside stroll. Obviously, British rappers are different to American rappers. John Rutledge better known as Eggsy, decided to take a snap of the summer morning as he walked through a field in Newbridge, Wales. It was only when he looked back at the pictures he says that he saw what looked like seven tiny winged creatures flying among the flowers and grass. After zooming in, John claims the translucent figures around four centimetres tall appear to have wings, arms and legs. The 39-year-old from Newport, South Wales, said it's amazing. When we checked the image, we couldn't believe our eyes. Ever since childhood, I've wanted to witness a paranormal event. The last thing I expected was a winged entity in a wood in South Wales. But there it is, smack bang in your face, it's solid evidence. He added, there are some things in the universe that may well go without answers, but I think we've just put one of the world's biggest mysteries to bed. There are definitely fairies at the bottom of the garden. John was scouting locations for his new podcast series, Unexplainers Investigating Common Myths and Mysteries, when he took the photograph. Well, he's very lucky, isn't he, that that picture came about, because otherwise his paranormal podcast would have not had any publicity this week. What a stroke of luck that was. That is lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, were those fairies diaphanous? Diaphanous. Oh, Kim's running to the lead. We've not had a diaphanous point for at least a year. You've got the memory of an elephant woman. This is just a British thing, I'm sure. I want to see. This is a British rapper who now thinks he's going to jump in to some paranormal podcasts. I'm sat here now as someone who does radio shows and paranormal podcasts. I think I should try my hand at some rapping. I don't think so. It should so. be easy to be able to go between the two, shouldn't it? I don't it? think so. I think I'll practice next week. I don't think so. If anyone so. sees these photographs, <laughs> you can say that as much as you want. We are rapping next week. Whoop, whoop is the sound of the police. I'm there. I tell you, I've, I've got all that going on right there. I'm going to practice. For next week's <laughs> For show, love we'll, do, so we'll, we'll open up with some rapping. <laughs> I've seen these photographs. If people wish to see them, they're on our Facebook, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee. They're bugs. They're little Maybugs flying around. Are you calling them bunk? Maybe. (laughs) Does that involve me losing points? I'm not losing my own points for saying my own bunk. That would be ridiculous. What planet are you on? (laughs) Similar to bunk, but not quite bunk. (laughs) I'm not losing points. I've worked hard to get my six. I'm not having that. It's my show. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Strange and Bizarre? Do you remember doing the story about Paul the octopus? I do. He was German and he was uh, picking out balls and getting results right in the World Cup two years ago. Yes. He tasted fabulous with a piece of lemon, I'm led to believe. (laughs) Back in the days of the 2010 World Cup, the undersea oracle was the go-to fortune teller to figure out how the matches would play out. Was that 2010? That's, yeah. That was six years ago. Where's my life going? I thought that was two years ago. That's what I thought as well. That seems very odd. I'll have to look that up. I'm happy to go. 2010. No, let's go with the flow. I I remember talking about that with you, but I wasn't here in 2010. Uh, Six years on, things have changed. Paul is gone. He died in his tank in Germany just months after the tournament ended. His work was done. I recall that happening too. That's what they said happened. Yes, Yes. but everyone got a leg around the dining room table that Christmas. Uh, in the void he left behind, people have found a new football match prophet. It's a squid. 
The octopus is dead. Long live the cucumber. A cucumber. A cucumber. Is that like a divining stick or a rod? I could tell you your fortune. Is that a sea pickle? I've got a sea pickle. I'm not launching a sea pickle, <laughs> if that's what you're asking. <laughs> Remember last week we said we want everyone who listens to this show, when they're going to visit the smallest room in the house, to say, hang on, sweetheart, I'm just going to go and launch a sewer pickle. We're going to have a campaign. I want T-shirts printed up. Mm. Just if you say that, if you record that, in fact, post that on our Facebook site. Record that on no, your phone. No, don't post your sea pickles on our Facebook site. <laughs> That's not please. what I was going to say. I was going to say record saying it. I'm just going <laughs> to launch a sewer pickle. No. No. Okay. Bad idea. <laughs> Things that should have stayed. Okay. The cucumber is named An Ustajakurka. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't they have just gone with Colin? It would have made oh. life a lot easier. And he has amazed people with its power. After each match, it posts a deadpan. I announced this. Is this a sea cucumber or just a cucumber? It's a Finnish cucumber. I can tell you that much about it. It's a it. Finnish cucumber. Yes. The thing about Finnish cucumbers is that they have all year round ground frost. You can't get cucumbers in Finland. Scandinavian countries cannot grow cucumbers. So already there's some anomalies there. Uh, its method is similar to spin the bottle, pointing to whichever team it senses will be victorious. Can we play a game of spin the cucumber? Or am I going to get deported? I can still get deported for moral turpitude, so I need to look that up. <laughs> there will be a day where I go through all the things that I could get deported for, and we can see if we can get through them all in one day. Your cucumber spins? Moral t- it depends which direction. I can only go anti-clockwise. <laughs> I can dislocate it if I go the other way, so I've got to be careful. Because, you know, if I was in the southern hemisphere, I'd be able to spin it the other way. But in the northern hemisphere, it's going anti-clockwise, I'm afraid. I don't want to know. If I'm on the equator, it just sticks straight out. You can hang your clothes on it. Oh, no. (laughs) I've not used it for divination purposes, to be fair, but I'm sure that could happen. No. We could be in a dark basement somewhere, and I could say... We're already in a dark place right now. Yeah. Go to your safe place. (laughs) she's on the beach miss morris dairy queen Queen. from what i can understand that wasn't safe for any boy Uh, how closely it lands to the team name decides how decisive the win will be so far successful calls include russia versus slovakia romania versus switzerland and spain versus the czech republic however it has had some hiccups after it wrongly backed ireland over sweden it said the revelations of fortune are not always easy to discern I foresaw two Ireland goals, but my interpreters didn't understand that one was going into their own net. Are they interviewing the cucumber at this stage? (laughs) Oh, okay. I I got thrown by the fact it was in the first person. Can we get him on the show? I think he'd probably get more questions right in the independence round, I'm guessing. Heather Morris, I'm going to replace you with a cucumber. With a cucumber. A sea pickle? Yes. Anybody who wants to follow this cucumber can look for it on Facebook. Oh, Lord. So by next week's show... I've got to be rapping, and you're going to be replaced by a cucumber. Great. I can't wait for episode 69. (laughs) All to look forward to. We now run into our last round of the evening that is called Not For Your Mother. It's the round that your mother should be removed from the room if she is easily offended. If there's small minors running around, you need to usher them off to bed with milk and cookies. These are the stories from around the world that we can't read out live on air, that contains saucy innuendo and many, many things that we would be fined and removed for. Heather Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Guess what? It's a willy story. Uh, well, kind of. How are your eyes? How's it kind of like? What's kind of like a willy? Are you insinuating he's gone blind? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> How 
are your eyes? They're on both sides and they're symmetrical. Do you need glasses yet? Not that I'm aware of. I you have... wear glasses, Greg. I got help for you. Okay. You ready? She's going to straighten your eyesight out. <laughs> Pornhub now offers porn for visually impaired. <laughs> Is that like Braille? Is it just blown up large? I don't know how they do Braille on a computer screen. Explain that, Mr. Lee. Like a blind date, I'm guessing. I have no idea. I'm just thinking they blow up porn large and it looks like a George O'Keefe painting. Is where we're going. Someone could walk into the room. You're looking at some really explicit porn, but it's for the short-sighted. And they just think you're looking at That's a... That's a rather large dinner plate. There you go. They're looking at a George O'Keefe painting. If anyone knows their art history, that's actually very funny. I was gone that day, too. The porn site released a new category of videos for people who are visually impaired called Described Video this last Wednesday. Described. Mm. He's got a very pensive look on his face. <laughs> he's holding, like that. He's holding <laughs> a spanner in his hand. It's about like that. I'm telling He must have caught her coming visit, out though. of the bathroom because she has a towel around her head and she's just got a towel around her. I'm thinking of mystery science theater type of thing. <laughs> well, like puppets. <laughs> Wow. I think we should... No, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing visually impaired pornography. I draw the line. I'm not and interested. we sit there and describe it. That'd be fabulous. That'd be funny. Can you imagine doing the descriptions? <laughs> <laughs> now imagine a summer sausage. <laughs> Playing peekaboo. Oh, no. By the way, George O'Keefe, is that not the big eye pictures? That's big close-ups of flowers and stamens. Oh, it is. And, okay. Yeah. Who did the big eyes? Because that's the painter I thought of right away with this story. The only person I can think of is Magritte, who did eyeballs, but I have to look into that. Okay. <laughs> I have to look into that. Uh, I'm wasted. I'm wasted. You're wa the talent you're, I'm throwing I down know. today. Each video includes special narration that has been tailored and crafted to give the user full enjoyment of the scene. I want narration as deadpan as possible. <laughs> I want it without any emotion. She's now undoing her blouse. He's you need it like those nature narrators. <laughs> Here we see on the plains of the Serengeti, the woman climbing out of the shower as the plumber happens to go into the wrong room. Here we see the mating call as he reaches across. <laughs> and she's having a pizza delivered. Greg's rubbing his thighs. <laughs> the audio descriptions go into detail about what the models are doing, what they're wearing, where they are, and how the shots are edited. Isn't that nice? I know it's turning me on. How they're edited. Yes. The audio remains intact, but will act as an underscore to the scene. So that's just background noise. The, uh, yeah, uh, tweak, whatever. There we go. Squishy, squish. Oh, I no, can do this. No, 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 no. Oh, no. That's disgusting. I hate that. turns me right up, that does. <laughs> Honest to God, don't you ever. That's like coconut for me. It grates my gears. <laughs> So it's just, you should see the faces she's pulling. It's disgusting. In a safer work YouTube demo, a sample audio description went something like this. Oh, I bet go. you can't wait. Well, let right? me do the music in the background. Boom. Cut to a side shot inside the cab. A girl gets in. Black hair. Lots of makeup and squeezing a nice curvy figure into a tight blue dress. Now, isn't that freaking special? I think we should sell. People would buy that. If we did that again properly, people would buy that. <laughs> I don't.
don't even buy it and I said it. <laughs> don't mark my words, there's someone in Iowa currently taking care of <laughs> taking care of business. He's listening to this as he's watching Nessie. Amazing. <laughs> to be fair, it did stick its neck out of the water by eight to ten foot. <laughs> the new feature is launching with fifty videos. Great. Chosen from Pornhub's most viewed videos spanning all varieties, voiceovers are recorded by professional voice actors. I want to hear your Not mother us. read them out. That would make my day. <laughs> oh, you haven't oh. heard that yet? Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Disgusting. Pornhub plans to add more videos in the future, and it is encouraging people to make and upload similar videos. Oh, we can submit our own. Great. <laughs> Greg's got the technology. <laughs> it's fabulous. Where am I going to get a spanner from at this time of night? God, let's submit one. Can we? No. All right. I'm a little worried about Heather, though. That's like her fourth Pornhub story and you're keeping track i'm more worried about you i thought it was my first <laughs> yeah greg seems to know it was full i've heard you mention porn up quite a few times i wonder what you're watching on the video or on the you never computer. you never know what you run across when you do searches for the show that's yes all it's, in, it's important to have hobbies and interests isn't it at least you're not ordering a coffee in switzerland at the moment <laughs> A bizarre new Swiss cafe will allow customers to order oral sex with their cup of coffee. The $60 oh, deal God. will be offered at the shop in Geneva. I've seen your Geneva, which is due to open at the end of the year. They will be able to order a coffee and then select a prostitute using an iPad, said the firm that plans to set up the Cafe Face Girl. It said it was copying similar popular cafes in Thailand. Bradley Chavat from Face Girl told Swiss newspaper Le Matin that men will be able to order a drink and then make themselves comfortable at the cafe's bar. He added in five or ten minutes, it's all over. Milk two sugars, please. Gross. The full service will make the coffee one of the most expensive in the city and probably in Europe. Uh, an eye-watering 60 Swiss francs, or around $60. With the emphasis on That's the word. It? The emphasis on the word eye-watering. $60 for a cup of coffee. That's outrageous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, you're not paying for the cup of coffee. That's like buying the ketchup and mustard and getting a hot dog free. <laughs> and there will be an additional five francs surplus for the drink. So that doesn't even buy you the cup of coffee. They're then going to charge you five francs extra for that as well. I tell you what, I'm good. Don't bother with the coffee. However, critics have blasted the proposals, <gasps> claiming only those setting up the business would benefit from it. While prostitution is legal in Switzerland, sex workers must hold permits. Like getting a fishing license, I'm guessing. Oh, I thought you meant perms. <laughs> they must hold perms. <laughs> curly hair. My hair wasn't curly when I came in, but it was when I left. <laughs> it says you can then go up to the bar. I don't want to be drinking an espresso and having a piece of cake while the guy next to me is being pleasured in the physical arts. No, no, don't. No, stop. I'm removing points. You're on minus 110. I'm not having that game. I wouldn't be able to get through. Would you be able? I could be sat there dunking my biscuits. And then you hear this. 
Oh, you should. You look like a. You look like a goldfish. There's going to be a ban on that. You do any any more. There's a ban. You're going to be replaced. Do it next week. I'd rather have the cucumber sat there spinning around than having to listen to that again. Didn't you get a burping cucumber one year for your birthday? I've had many wondrous things because I know some very very strange people. But it is true. Somebody bought me a pickle that burps. What does one do with that? How does that get displayed? How does that even come about? I just sat down at a table with a sketch pad and think, I know, we'll make up a pickle. <laughs> Maybe you could bring that pickle next week for me. I tell you what, it's going to score more points. <laughs> I bet it's never taken anyone to Dairy Queen. <laughs> I was wondering, are they going to call that instead of Starbucks, Starsucks, or what? <laughs> oh, Greg's on fire! Still waters run deep, ladies and gentlemen. Kim, what have you got for us tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Well, I feel bad. I should probably be giving this story to Heather. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yay! Oh, cucumbers? An Israeli elementary school apologized after about 96th grade students were given DVDs containing pornographic video. Nice! <laughs> Just happened by accident. <laughs> the school in Haifa sent a text message to parents warning them not to allow their children to watch the disc. But Dad did. Which were supposed to depict scenes from a recent graduation party. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my university graduation party did have scenes like that in it. Debbie does graduation, huh? Yes. Debbie does Israel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have I. The 90 students received the DVDs, which were pre prepared by a contractor as part of the school's celebration of National Hug Day. <laughs> <laughs> National Hug Day. The school said the contractor... Let me give you a nice, big, hard, deep hug, sweetheart. <laughs> That's what they call it, yes. <laughs> That's what I told the judge. The school said the contractor recorded the party video on DVDs that were previously used to store pornographic videos. <laughs> what are they doing in the same school? I just... Portions of which were found to play after the end of the school party footage. So at the very end, everyone's That's cheering. The they throw their hats up into the air, the credits roll, and then you get a big close-up of a George O'Keefe painting and a cup of coffee. Yes. Where can one get such a video? <laughs> Unbelievable. Someone's going to get the sack. The parents actually oh, were... Oh, no, you didn't. Miss Morris, bring yes. this shebang of a show to a final conclusion. Well, you know that the visually impaired probably had a seeing eye dog, right? A seeing eye dog. Yeah. So now the dog's describing pornography. Well, so there no. you go. The plumber's arrived. The woman's got to the door. She's wearing the towel. And the dog's going, rah, 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 rah. keep going. Rah, 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 rah. Make it up. Make it up. What are you doing? A dog narrating pornography. I never thought I'd ever do that live on <laughs> well, air, but this is where that, we are. Listen to what I've got now. Utah has got a porn detecting dog. <laughs> do you believe it? <laughs> don't let it into my parents house <laughs> don't let it or into near dairy queen <laughs> or under your bed garden of shame <laughs> in your garden of shame <laughs> what have you been doing rooting around under my bed madam <laughs> i took the dog over you leave my garden of shame alone <laughs> i'm growing things like yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i've never had a cold or a sore throat <laughs> Police canine units have been used to sniff out the bad guys, drugs, and all types of evidence. But now, 
Utah has been using a dog to locate high-tech porn. What does pornography smell like? Or should we be uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's so spicy. Scratch and sniff. Funky. Oh God, gross. Mushrooms. You're both gross. I don't feel bad at all about doing those sound effects. I'm now. just wondering what pornography smells like. It's got to be. Wow, it has been a while, hasn't and it? Funky. And what is the training field to train that dog like? Oh, gross. Please keep. <laughs> they went over to the cafeteria. I wonder if that dog's a pointer. <laughs> Okay, dogs' names to do with pornography. Go. No, I haven't got any either. I thought it'd be a good round, though. There you go. Kim's got one. Chihuahua? No, you're just staying. If you haven't got one, don't jump in. You're stopping the flow. I don't got nothing. (laughs) His name is URL, and it's actually pronounced Earl. 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 Earl, the porn-sniffing dog. Earl can sniff out SD cards, thumb drives, X... Internal hard drives <laughs> and phones. <laughs> I had to do it. It's in the article. Of course it is. A useful tool for, de- yeah, I said tool too, for detectives involved in internet crimes. The dog is one of nine certified electronic detection canines in the country. So go, Earl. Sniff them out. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I'm speechless. <laughs> Where can we get such a beast? I tell you, you wouldn't want one. He'd be all over your. He'd be running around chain. my. He'd be running around my house. He'd be laying on his back, <laughs> panting, trying to get oxygen into his lungs. It'd be like taking a dog that sniffs bodies after a tsunami. It wouldn't know where to start. Be everywhere. I just thought I'd mention that. I, perhaps live on air wasn't necessarily the way to go. Well, all good things come to an end, so let's look at tonight's scores. In last place with a K2 meter and the dead battery is Greg. I am tied in second place on six points. I'm not taking points away for saying bunk. <laughs> Kim ran into a very, very late lead and has won the $33,000 IR camera. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange. Intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can add me to your Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now do an extra 15 to 20 minutes of the show in a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out live on air. And you can find those in our archives on soundcloud.com if you search for MQTA radio. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Aton Drainer, Kim McGregor, Nathan Bush, and all of the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night. Good night.